day 264 welcome back to the windows and mirrors podcast my name is keith i'm john and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the bible is more <laughs> like a window that it is a mirror we come to it to see through it and to see god not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves all right man so the book of acts bro yep the book of acts is easily one of my favorite books in the entire bible um you know, there's so many ways to kind of characterize it uh, and break it down. What is the main theme? Um, but I think it has been called Acts because uh, it is the Acts of the Apostles, right? That right. the Lord Jesus left to carry forth the good news of the kingdom. And Acts is going to cover the first three decades of the spread of the Christian church. Right. In which almost overnight we have a Jewish sect becoming yeah. a world religion. Right, right, in right. 30 years. Right, yeah. Right? yeah. And it's like, yo, it's so crazy um, because, you know, Christ is going to leave them. And most people will call this like the gospel of the Holy Spirit, right? right. So he's going to leave them with the spirit and you're going to see the spirit working through this new community called the church. Right. right. And this book is so pivotal because Christ has ascended and resurrected and God's promises have been fulfilled in this new covenant community by way of his spirit. Yeah. Um, so in some ways, this is like Luke part two, right? So Luke, Luke two, part yep. one, right, was such a hit that they uh, got the same directors and writers on the scene and they commissioned a sequel almost right after it was done. So uh, Acts comes up and at the beginning of it, it's Luke saying, All right, yo, Theophilus, what Christ did in his life and his death and resurrection ain't all that there is to this mm. i want to continue to show you right what's going on and so the book once again starts off right and what i love uh, uh, about this right both luke and acts is man they're written by a regular person right we mm. like they're written by a regular person to one other person now i'm sure luke knew that there that more than one person would read this but you look at the care that he takes to ensure that this one person really, really gets it, man. Whenever I read the introduction of both Luke and Acts, I'm reminded that, nah, yo, the message about Jesus and what he's done for us, his life, his death and resurrection, that's something special and something that's worthy of a bunch of our time, right? Even if we uh, painstakingly spend a bunch of time to explain everything, uh, mm. to ensure that just one person gets it right one person getting it is enough right for us to write volumes on volumes on what christ has done yep in the very beginning he's like i wrote the first narrative theophilus yeah about all that jesus began right to do and teach yeah, so in other words started. yeah in other words the logical conclusion for luke here is that yo he, this is what he continues right, 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 right. to do and teach here in the book of Acts. And, um, you know, he's going to say like, yo, after he has suffered, he also presented himself alive for 40 days. Uh, and then he said, yo, he was speaking to them for 40 days about the kingdom of God. Right. right? And at the end of this book, Paul is going to be in Rome, stand with the cast in Rome and say, yo, he just talked to them every day about the kingdom, kingdom of, God. of God. So the book is bookended with this idea of the kingdom of God. Remember, Jesus came on the scene talking about the kingdom of God when he came to earth. And now here we have what the kingdom looks like for the people of God that um, have been saved by the king. And uh, I love it, bro, because like you said, 
Luke is just gonna go go in, right? This is right. history. Like Luke yeah. is this uh Luke is 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 the ultimate historian, right? right. Think of the best historian that writes today, right. Luke is better than them, right. right? And this is ancient historiography. And in ancient historiography, bro, they would tell not just what happened, but why things happened. Right. Right. And so Luke will give his own commentary, right? right. Um, about the things that are taking place. And Acts 1-8, right? Acts 1-8 is the paradigm verse for the entire book, right? It yep. literally, the book is summed up in this verse. He says, yo, this is Christ talking to the disciples before he leaves in a sense. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses right. in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Right. Notice this geographical designation that Christ gives. The right. book is literally going to move in that direction. Yep. There'll be witnesses in Jerusalem in, in Acts 2. Acts 1 through 6, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then, then Judea, then Samaria, yep. and then to the ends of the earth. So right. that's kind of how the book uh, functions in a nutshell. Yep. So preceding that little um, paradigm shift, what you have is the disciples still don't completely all the way get it, right? Nope. So nope. Christ comes back and they're like, I... Jesus, you're here. You raised from the dead. All right, now it's going to be the time that you set up shop on on the earth. Uh, yeah. Short story, dog. I'll never forget. Like, um, this had to be 2006. I'm in college. Uh, had a good friend that was a Muslim, and we were sitting one day and we talked about Easter. Hmm. And he's like yo i never really got what christians got so excited about like what's with the bunnies and all that stuff and i'm like yo yo listen mm. it's not about bunnies easter is jesus right he lived this life was unjustly killed mm. died and then he got up from the dead and he's like yo what did he do when he got up from the dead? Did he go back and get everybody that killed him, right? So he thought mm. Jesus was like John Wick, right? That he's gonna get up <laughs> and go back. And I'm like, no, 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 no. The beautiful thing about this story is Jesus gets up and then what he does is he sends the disciples, not to proclaim a message of judgment and vengeance, but repentance and forgiveness, mm. right? Mm. And that's what we see flowing through um, Acts 1 through through 4, right? Just mm -hmm. kind of on a big scale. Peter is actually going to tell three different groups, y'all are responsible for Christ's death, right? Mm. So mm. the group of people that come in Acts 2 to celebrate the Passover, he's like, yo, y'all made sure that Christ was killed. The people mm. that he sees in the temple, he says, yo, y'all killed Christ. The religious mm. leaders that arrest them after they heal, he says, listen, Y'all kill Christ, but with each of the groups, what he's going to say is, but he rose from the dead. And if you would repent and put your faith in him, Jesus wants to send times of refreshing. So we have this king that has conquered the grave and acts one through four, right? We just see this paradigm of the people of God proclaiming what Christ has done and inviting any and everybody to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so much in the beginning of Acts that it's like, oh, where do I even go? Right. Um, one of the things I want to backtrack really quick for yeah. a split second is say that Christ resurrects, but he also ascends. And the ascension oh, is good. a ne neglected doctrine. I think uh, the early church talked about it a ton. We don't really hear a ton of sermons on the ascension and why it's important. But um, one of the things I've learned is that, you know, uh, the resurrection declares Jesus' kingship. 
right? right. But the ascension is the installment of his kingship, right? right? Like that's where he really begins to reign as king. In other words, the resurrection finished his labor on earth, but the ascension marks a shift to his labor in heaven. And so, um, you know, only after the ascension is the spirit able to come down and we see Acts 2 comes. And Acts 2 is, man, one of the most monumental passages in the entire Bible, right? right. Like if, like, start it <laughs> you know it's right. you read it over and over and over again and read how peter interprets what happens um at pentecost and uh, it's just it's just so hard to overstate the importance of it pentecost this feast where jews would come to jerusalem right so you right. see all these different uh jews from around the the uh, mediterranean world coming yeah. to jerusalem to worship and they hear the works of god in their own native language the spirit comes down yeah and it applies this salvation that Christ had accomplished. So in other words, <clears throat> when Jesus dies and resurrects, bro, like if it wasn't for the spirit coming down, right. people would still be in their sins. Right. Right. Because the spirit is the one who unites us to Christ. Right. Yep. He applies the work of Christ right. in our lives. In other words, it would just be an event in history. Right. It wouldn't be of no effect to anybody. Right. Right. So in other words, so if there's no Pentecost, there's no Christians, there's no salvation, right. there's no podcast, there's no, right, right. there's no Christian church yeah. at all. So I, I don't think we always um, <clears throat> necessarily remember how important this is. Right. Uh, and Peter is going to say, yo, these are the last days, right? Right. This fulfillment of the spirit. No, no, this was promised in Joel. And God said in the last days when I want to restore Israel. Remember they asked in Acts 1, you restoring the kingdom of Israel? Right. Christ doesn't answer directly. But Peter shows that, no, 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 he is restoring Israel because right. this is the last days and this is what he promised he would do in Joel 2. Yeah. No, no, this is so good, too, because it's like, man, we've spent nine months in the Old Testament pointing forward to what Christ would do to try to help yep. you make sense of it. Now, as, as we start to get into this part, we're actually going to point backwards. So there's a mm. few things that take place. One... You remember in Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel, how people oh, yeah, came together yeah, and yeah. they said, we don't want to talk about God. Let's build this tower to talk about our greatness. And God spreads them out over the face of the whole earth. Well, now in Acts 2, God brings together a various uh, group of people. The spirit comes down on them and then they do this. They start to proclaim not their greatness, but God's greatness. And that's mm. something that compels folks and changes them. And this like first installment of the spirit is actually going to give us a paradigm for what it is the spirit does when it comes down on people. Everywhere in the book of Acts, the spirit fills somebody. When mm. the spirit fills somebody, they talk about Jesus. The spirit yep. fills, they talk about Jesus. The spirit fills, they proclaim what God has done. The spirit fills, they apply what God has done. So in one sense, to be filled with the spirit is to overflow with words about the goodness of what Christ has done. And it's mm. wild, you know, you see Peter in this crazy like makeover. And this yeah. is what I love <laughs> about, uh, uh, Right, from Luke until Acts, right? So if you can recall, Luke ends in chapter 24 with Jesus saying, yo, listen, y'all, all the scriptures are about me. Yeah, yeah. And bro, Peter in Acts 2, you just see him go from somebody who misunderstood the scriptures and what they were for mm -hmm. to now in Acts 2, he's instructing everybody about nah what this means and this psalm and joel and this 
And the key, the lens that he looks through it all is saying, oh, the Bible is a book for us. It's not primarily a book about us. What mm-hmm. he's saying is, oh, no, the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. It tells us, right, we look through it and see what God is like. And Jesus is the window pane. His life, death, and resurrection is the mm-hmm. thing that Peter looks through. And now we make sense of the whole Bible. Mm, absolutely, bro. Yeah, and there's so much I could, we could say about Acts 2. Right. Uh, didn't even talk about the restoration of the temple, right. the second temple didn't have the glory come down, but now the glory presence of God comes down in the people, all that kind of stuff. But Acts 3 comes and they heal this lame man, right? And then they get persecuted by the Israelites and then they preach the gospel to them. So one of the things you're going to see here is the way in which they preach the gospel to, to Jews and to Gentiles, right? It's yeah. slightly different, yeah. right? And, and Peter here, one of the things I love, I think you hinted at it earlier, he'll indict them, but yeah. he'll also invite them, mm. right? Like the gospel is this two-edged sword, bro, where it indicts us and convicts us, but at the end of the bars, day, it's an invitation. Bars. It's an invitation to come <laughs> right, to the kingdom. Right, right, and, right, right. and he's gonna, I, I, I still have not wrapped my mind around this, and I probably will, won't until I meet Jesus, how these folks who killed Jesus right. get offered the God, like right couple decades later, they're like, yo, bro, you can, you good to come in, bro. That was what was so hard for my homie, dog. He's like, like, nah, Jesus gotta be like John Wick with this. He gotta be like John Wick. Everybody. (laughs) He gotta be like John Wick. And then in Acts 4, they get arrested for preaching the gospel, right? They get arrested. And what we see here is the irony, like we talked about in Exodus 1, that the church grows under persecution, right? Like they're getting persecuted and the church is still growing. Right, bro. And first it was 120 in chapter one. Then it was 3,000 in Acts two. In Acts four, we have 5,000. So some will say this is like, you know, cumulative. Like, yo, it's growing and growing and growing, over and over. And just this rapid spreading growth of the gospel uh, that Christ promised, bro. Yeah. And um, one of the things, real quick, again, Luke is a full history, meaning uh, he doesn't just say what happened; he says why. Right. And in full histories, also. Uh, speeches. There was this idea in the ancient world that speeches changed the course of history. So Acts 1 through 6, you have 60% of the narrative is speeches. Right. Right. And so Luke is trying to say that, yo, these guys preaching the gospel changed history. Right. Right. Mm. These speeches that Peter gave by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the way, changed history. Yeah. Right. And uh, I I, I, I was going crazy when I was throwing it, bro. (laughs) What? You going to say something? No, no. So, bro, to that point, you yeah. even look at when they are set free from, from jail, then they go gather everybody else and they say, let's pray. At the end of their prayer, it it's like, yo, they prayed for boldness, not mm. for deliverance, mm. which is which is mm. key. Shout out to John. I wish I could speak in tongues, yeah. They don't say, God, make it stop. They say, mm-hmm. God, give us courage to speak boldly yes. when the fire is heating up the hardest because I think that they knew that same thing, right? That it's gonna be the word of God, preaching of the gospel, uh, and the evidence of it being lived out in the life of the church that's really gonna change the course of things. And it does, mm-hmm. like you said, like 30 years, right? Oh, how, man, does, man, man. how does, how does, this provincial tribal uh offshoot of what seemed to be a religion 
become a global <laughs> religion across the known world mm. in mm. 30 years where mm. the uh, proponents, the faces of it, right, uh, would never have a blue check mark on Twitter or IG. They are fishermen. Their mm -hmm. uh, so curriculum too, yeah. vitae's are sparse, mm -hmm. right? GEDs, yeah. <laughs> no college, but there's something mm -hmm. about them just being filled with the spirit of God that you have to look at it and say, what other explanation do we have? They've been stripped of every, yeah, um, worldly uh, accomplishment, achievement, pedigree, all the things that you would look back and say, oh yeah, well this blew up be because of this and this and this. You have to look back and say, I think it has to be the spirit of God. Like there's mm -hmm. no other way that we, we can explain this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. And my prayer is, I was just gonna say, man, my prayer is that kind of like you said, man, that there will be a revival, that mm -hmm. God will pour out his spirit on this generation right. uh, like he did in the past and that he would raise up leaders who proclaim the gospel boldly. That's all the ingredients needed to bake this cake, bro. Right. Um, we don't even have, like you said, we don't need the degrees and all this kind of stuff. We don't need it, right? It's it's fine, but we don't like need it, right? Like we just need God's spirit and people who are uncompromising, who are saying, yo, like there's no other name by which we shall be saved other than Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us to live the kind of lives that as people look back at the amazing things that you've done, that they would come to the same conclusion. There's no other explanation mm -hmm. uh, than the fact that the God of the universe is on your side and they would do us like the people here did to Peter and say, how do we get in on that? And we would uh, be able to invite them in through the goodness of the gospel. Help us to live lives like that, that demand explanations. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.